0: These are the daily lectionary comments for August the 30th. We're going to look at 1 Kings chapter 12. Jeroboam sets up a rival kingdom to the house of David. And 2 Corinthians chapter 8. And Paul describes an effort to, to provide relief for the saints in Jerusalem. All right, 1 Kings chapter 12. Yesterday we talked about that seminal event, the division that occurred among the people of God, the people of Israel. Uh, that One of the things that every Christian and every student of the scripture needs to understand, this basic thing that happened, and is going to play out now over many, many chapters of scripture and throughout the, the prophets preaching and, and, and uh, throughout the Psalms. On paper, or maybe I should say outwardly, what happened was um, Solomon had instituted a lot of very, very unpopular um, uh, policies regarding forced labor and taxation and uh, Rehoboam, Solomon 's son, had been offered the opportunity uh, perhaps to compromise uh, to to dial it down some, and he decided instead that that he would actually dial it up and become even more uh, uh, overbearing than his father had been and this cost him the loyalty of most of uh, of the Israelites. It seems like an absolutely foolish thing to do; a child would have seen. And could have seen what he ought to have done. So, question number one: Why was Rehoboam so stubborn and so foolish? Here's another question: Why did Jeroboam accede so quickly to the throne over uh, all of these uh, the, all of the rebellious tribes? Why did Jeroboam so quickly seem to walk into the job? And then third: Why didn't Rehoboam reunify? Uh, the uh, uh Israel by force he began to, and then he stood down and the answer is in verse twenty four where the Lord himself told him to stand down, This thing is from me, the Lord said, so this was a punishment it was a punishment because Solomon had turned away from the Lord. Now understand that we're not talking about just Solomon here. The King is reflecting the people, so it 's not just Solomon turned away from the lord but but israel Israel in general was not wholly devoted to the lord and and so, like the people, like the King is what we 're seeing here, okay, so anyway, now we have two camps: we have the camp that remained loyal to the House of David, to whom God had made promises on your throne shall sit a man forever and ever it was from this promise ultimately would come the hope of the messiah or what would or what would be called in greek the christ okay so that that's the many would would remain loyal to the house of david most of the inhabitants of judah would remain loyal to the house of david david came from judah most by the way of the uh, tribe of benjamin was sort of swallowed by by uh, by Judah, they would remain loyal also to the house of David. So there were those who remained loyal to the house of David and those that did not. And that's the split. It's not so much a territorial split between tribes. It's who will remain loyal to the house of David. Some other tribes, some people of other tribes did remain loyal to the house of David. Okay, so Jeroboam uh, ascends to the throne. And Jeroboam immediately... Uh, realizes from a purely political point of view, he is not going to be able to maintain his control over over his part of the kingdom, over all these tribes, as long as the worship in Jerusalem uh, and the priesthood in Jerusalem and the whole religious system is centered in Jerusalem as it had been. He says to himself, essentially, if I do this, uh, eventually we're going to reunify, and we're going to reunify under the house of David, and that will cost me my life. So Jeroboam didn't just set up a separate administrative state. He set up rival celebrations, religious celebrations. He set up rival temples, one in Bethel, It was in Ephraim and one in Dan, way up north. He set up a rival priesthood, and the scripture makes it very clear. There's selected priests just from any of the people who wanted to serve, not only the Levites, which had been specifically commanded in the law of Moses. He's not just setting up a rival administrative state so that they could have lower taxes, but other than that, remain faithful to God. He is setting up a rival religion. Now, this rival religion is in part what will become what is later known as the Samaritans. There are other things that will go into the Samaritans and why the Jews and Samaritans hated one another. But this is part of that. But just recognize that you have those tribes that are or those individual Israelites who remain loyal to the house of David and to the promises that God made to David and those that did not and those that did not set up essentially a rival religion. It wasn't a totally new religion. They still talked about coming out of Egypt and all of that, but it was a religion that looked more like pagan religion. Golden calves, for example, very much like Aaron had set up. In other words, the religion of Jeroboam that he set up was meant to be different than the religion of the uh, of the house of David and of Moses and it looked more like the pagan religions of the nations around them it mimicked them now one thing that i will say is that this is not this situation where you had tribes that remained loyal to the house of David and those that did not people who remained loyal to the house of David and those that did not. It's not unlike what happened in the New Testament when Jesus came, died, and rose again. Jesus was proclaimed by many Jews to be the Messiah, the Christ, the one of the house of David who would sit on the throne of David forever and ever. So those there were those in the time of Jesus also, and in the time following that, there were those among the Jews who remained loyal to the house of David and believed in Jesus, their risen Lord and Savior, ascended to the right hand of God. And there were those who rejected uh, the, the king and the house of David and would have no portion with him, just like what happened here. There were Gentiles who came under the reign of the king and the house of David. And of course, there were Gentiles that did not. But we still have the basic same basic division. Those who are loyal to the house of David and to the son of David who reigns forever and ever, And there are those who are not. And that's the basic division we have in the world today. Even the division among faithful and faithless Jews. More on this tomorrow. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. In verse 4, Paul refers to the relief of the saints. Let me explain what's going on. There was a famine, a very significant famine, had been going on for several years already uh, in the Roman world. And particularly hard hit was uh, uh, Jerusalem, and the Christians in Jerusalem were suffering uh, especially hard. Now, at the time of the writing of 2 Corinthians, Paul is essentially finished with his third missionary journey and is beginning or about to start making his way back to Jerusalem. And the way he's going to do this is he's going to leave Ephesus in Turkey. He's going to go up to Macedonia, northern Greece, and then he's going to come down to to Achaia, which is southern Greece. He's going to visit the various congregations, including Corinth, on his way back to Jerusalem. Now, what they're doing, what Paul and the others are doing— are taking out special collections in each of the congregations as they go along, and all of these congrega- all of these contributions from the different congregations are going to be gathered together and delivered over to the church in Jerusalem for the relief of the starving saints that are in Jerusalem. Okay, the idea that Paul has here is, in this way, the Gentile churches that owe so much to to the Jews can give back to the Jewish Christians for the blessings that they have received in the gospel in this very small way by providing this money. So so what you're seeing here in this whole section that what what was happening here is that Paul has sent Titus ahead. Titus is probably bearing this letter, 2 Corinthians. Titus is probably reading the letter to this congregation and also explaining other things that are going on and he's preparing them as well. We'll talk more about that tomorrow. But in general, what you should understand is that Paul is going from congregation to congregation on his way to Jerusalem, he and several other uh, individuals. Titus would be one, Timothy would be another, and there's evidently at least one or two other brothers who are apparently very famous and well-known, but he doesn't name them, so we don't know who they are, whether it's Luke or somebody else, we're not sure. but this delegation is is going along representing all the different congregations and also making sure that everything is done decently and in order. And that day is just like today. You have to be careful with money in the church. So if you're making a huge, you know, I don't know how huge it was, but it, was, it would have been large for those folks. Um, you give a lot of money or a lot of congregations give a lot of money and they're going to want some reassurance that the money is getting to where it's supposed to go and some assurance that proper you know security is being observed and so paul is very careful to have uh, these others that are with him so that they can all vouch for the fact that yes the money that was given uh, from the church of philippi or thessalonica or corinth uh, was in fact delivered to the saints in Jerusalem. And so that everything will look good, not only in the eyes of the Lord, but will also look good to others, okay? There won't be any room for mischief. And that's essentially what's going on here when he's talking about uh, the Corinthians setting aside money and giving generously for the relief of the saints. This is what he's talking about. You know, give give yourself first to the Lord, he says in, in, in verse 5. Uh, and then by the will of God to us, and that is to our cause in collecting this, uh, in collecting this special offering for, uh, for the saints in Jerusalem. So we will have more to say about how Paul is collecting this money and what its purpose is and how he's encouraging the congregations to do this and some of the practicalities of how money was raised then in churches and how money is raised today in churches as well. We'll talk about that tomorrow.